Passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. And now, the Boston Bastard Brigade, Electric Sisterhood, and On the Street present No Points, No Mix. The world's J-pop and alternative art squad. Bastards and wenches, welcome to episode 278 of No Borders, No Race. I am your king, baby duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. So... Seeing news of Live Nation and the Bowery requiring vaccinations to go to their events makes me very, very happy. I'm planning to go to a good chunk of shows these next few months, as well as a taping of All Elite Wrestling, and I'm glad that they're putting the health of the audience, performers, and staff first. Because fuck all of you anti-vaxxers out there. I've had issues with you cunts since you claimed vaccines cause autism. And because of your dumb shit, polio and smallpox came back. So of course these assholes would cause a surge in cases when COVID should be fucking over by now. With these requirements put in place, not only will I be happy feeling safe from being infected, but I'll be immensely joyful that I won't have to be breathing the same air as your dumb asses. So, I say with all my heart that I hope you anti-vaxxers are forever ostracized by society. If you can't play by the rules, then you don't deserve to have fun. By the way, Modest Mouse put on a hell of a show. I am so happy that they were the first band I saw after going nearly two years without a live show. If they're coming to a town near you, please go and check them out. Unless you're an anti-vaxxer, in which case, fuck off. <laughs> On today's episode of No Borders, No Race, a gang of villains gets to play hero, and two anime companies join together. Plus, on this week's A Bastard Soapbox, toxicity in the gaming industry. Yeah, you probably know what that's going to be about. But first, let's start off this week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're starting things off with a new song from Soil and Pimp Sessions. They have a new album out called The Essence of Soil. And if it were a fragrance, it'd smell oh so sweet. This is Kitty Bay.
It's the Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, a year-end special, and I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold, and you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow. Maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show. Yes! Tune in! We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool. And you can hear more good songs just like this. Zora Boy from 2008's Peace and Destroy. And Steinspunks just announced that they'll be releasing a new album later this year called Changes. Good news for us lovers of Japanese punk rock. 
bad news for all the other bands that were planning to release music later this year, because, you know, stance punks are practically unbeatable. Now, in the comic book movie wars, it's very easy to see that Marvel is on top for the most part. I cannot think of a single Marvel film, or even a recent TV series by Marvel, that made me go, meh, it was okay. Not all of them are grand slams, mind you, but they do get enough hits to make them the top dog of the comic book cinematic universe. But that's not to say that DC Comics is doing a bad job as of late. Yes, there have been so many stumbles with Warner Brothers DC Comics adaptations. Too many to name here, to be blunt. But they've managed to pick themselves up with stuff like Shazam, Aquaman, Joker, and Birds of Prey. I'd also add the Snyder Cut of Justice League in there, but I have yet to have a four-hour period to plop down and watch it. This brings me to DC's latest film, The Suicide Squad, from Guardians of the Galaxy and Troma alumni James Gunn. And god damn, I can't remember the last time I had this much fun watching a DC movie. So the good news about The Suicide Squad is that you don't have to watch the sucky first one to see it. It's its own movie, even if we have a couple of characters from the first one there. The Suicide Squad has a premise that's hard to describe, even if it seems easy on the surface. There's a mission, and the baddest baddies have to team up to complete it in order to knock off some years from their jail time. Said mission has Harley Quinn, Peacemaker, Bloodsport, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher, and many others using their powers to destroy a corrupt government regime. One of the things that makes The Suicide Squad a surprisingly deep movie is the political aspect. On top of the corrupt government, we have someone like Peacemaker who will do anything for the good old USA. And I mean anything. As in, kill women and children to protect the red, white, and blue. It gives way to some deep conversations regarding the differences between what is right for one's country and what's right for humanity as a whole. I never really expected to come away from a James Gunn film with a different insight on the political sphere, but hey, he's always been good with dishing out some surprises. But when it's time for the action to hit, that's where the Suicide Squad becomes this fun and mayhem-filled ball of beautiful chaos. Seeing Peacemaker and Bloodsport play a consecutive kills game, Harley Quinn shooting and stabbing guards in gorgeous colors, and Ratcatcher using her furry little pals dismember and eat foes is pretty damn amazing. Also on par is the comedy revolved around Polgo.Man's obsession with his mother and King Shark, well, being King Shark. The fact that James Gunn convinced Sylvester Stallone to utter nom nom is simply glorious. Someone online, I don't remember who, said that the Suicide Squad was like a big budgeted trauma movie. And I have to agree. It's a film that doesn't take itself too seriously, even when dealing with certain political drama elements. The Suicide Squad is a loud, raucous, and gory good time, and it earns its R rating very quickly. I hope you haven't read any spoilers yet, because the film's first few minutes has a pretty impressive body count as comic book movies go. You can catch The Suicide Squad in theaters, and it will be still on HBO Max for a few more days as of this recording. 
It's certainly given me hope for the future of the DC Cinematic Universe. And considering we're getting a Peacemaker TV series this winter, we may see these guys and gals again in some shape and form. Also, long live Weasel. That ugly yet cute looking motherfucking bastard. (laughs) Now, one of the things you could count on with a James Gunn film is a killer soundtrack. And one of the last bands I expected to hear in the Suicide Squad is one of my faves, the Decemberists. You can find this song on their album, I'll Be Your Girl, and is featured in Bloodsport's debut scene. This is Sucker's Prayer. I was not ready for the role I was so discontent to wear that community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday Wind Down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays, where we explore narrative and single-player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. 
catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. That was ex-Japan with orgasm. And we are still waiting for them to release that new album. Yoshiki said it's finished. So please, dude, we want to hear it. (sighs) Anyway, the recent news of Crunchyroll and Funimation being under the same umbrella has brought a mixture of joy and fear within the anime community. Well, to be blunt, I've seen more fear than joy even from some of my friends. After all, Sony has practically monopolized anime now, with High Dive now being the only independent anime streaming service. And I get that when a big corporation takes over something niche, it doesn't seem to end too well. But here's the thing. Me personally, I'm actually glad that Sony took Crunchyroll and Verve off the hands of Warner Media. Sony has owned Funimation for about four years now, and... 
they've done nothing bad to it. They've let them do their own thing and only stepped in a couple of times. Yeah, you know, I was pissed when they made Funimation drop interspecies reviewers, but after watching the entirety of that series, I get why that had to be done. And besides, Right Stuff picked it up and will be releasing it 100% uncut. And that 100% uncut makes me wonder if they went to Passion and had them make it even more risque than it was on TV. But I digress. Since Sony took over Funimation, the popularity of anime has skyrocketed. Demon Slayer did great at the American box office. We're seeing more original anime being made with these companies on production committees. And we're getting a lot more series each season, which is both good and bad because we now have to pick and choose which series we want to watch. And thus far, anime hasn't been westernized or had its Japanese identity taken away. And, you know, saying all this good stuff about Sony and Funimation, that's not to say that Warner Media was bad with Crunchyroll. They showcased their stuff on HBO Max, and they're still doing some great partnerships between them and Adult Swim. However, when they were wanting to sell Crunchyroll to someone else, I actually started getting worried that if no one bought them, that they'd be shut down. I am still pissed that Warner Media shut down Drama Fever, as are a lot of my friends who are really into Korean dramas. But... With Funimation and Crunchyroll now partnering together, I can honestly see a lot of good coming from the scene. It's still possible for these two companies to operate separately, after all. When they first partnered from 2016 to 2018, they did a great job with having Crunchyroll deal with the subtitled stuff and Funimation dealing with the dubs. And with Funimation now open to working with other studios outside of their own, there's a great chance that we'll see no loss in the voice actor job market. In fact, because of the many shows coming from Japan, there's bound to be more work because of it. As for how Crunchyroll has worked with the likes of Viz Media, Sentai Filmworks, and Discotech Media, I can still see this happening. Funimation can't fucking release everything, seeing as there's 30 to 40 new anime that's come out each season, so I wouldn't be too surprised if we saw it set up like this. Funimation gets first dibs on the Crunchyroll stuff, and if they don't have the time or interest on the show, then it ends up in the hands of the other guys. After all, there are series that Sentai are great at promoting that Funimation aren't. And vice versa. So for now, I'll say that this partnership can bring a lot of good to the anime community. After all, anime is the only industry that counts on the fandom for its success. If you want more of a certain show, then you go support them by buying their Blu-rays or merch. By the way, do not start pirating because of this. All you're going to do is keep certain series from earning the popularity they deserved. It's not 2007 anymore. You're not paying $30 for a DVD with only four to five episodes on it. I just bought the entirety of Serial Experiments Lane for 22 bucks, and I remember paying 25 at a Suncoast for the first four episodes. It's cheaper to be an anime fan these days, and it's because of partnerships like the ones with Crunchyroll and Funimation that make it that way. So be grateful. And if this partnership does wind up fucking things up for us fans, then you can bet that I won't be silent about it. Just for now, be happy. 
because there's a lot of good that can come between this partnership between Crunchyroll and Funimation. Now, speaking of Funimation, one of my favorite anime this season is their show, The Duke of Death and His Maid. You can read a review of it on our website right now. This here is the end theme performed by Alice's voice actress Ayumi Mano, and it's called Nocturne. <laughs> Theme Park Food is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California 
and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karens want him, Chats wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dole Whip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you.
brand new single from Emperor of Ice Cream. That was Weathervane. Despite being together for 30 years, Emperor of Ice Cream finally got around to releasing their debut album last year with No Sound Ever Dies, which hit number one in Ireland's indie charts. The album would have been released decades ago, but Sony Records shelved it. Wait, wasn't I just praising Sony for buying Crunchyroll? Um, anyways, grab your spoons because it's time to scoop up a tasty morsel found in today's Beantown Sampler. Today's Beantown Sampler comes from the artist Carissa Johnson. On top of being the winners of the 2017 Rock and Roll Rumble, the band has won the New Act of the Year Award at the Boston Music Awards. Punk Act of the Year at the Worcester Music Awards and Rock Act of the Year at the New England Music Awards. Her latest solo album, Blue Moon, arrives on November 12th with a couple of single releases beforehand. But before I play the single, I want to make note that Carissa has a couple of live shows coming up in the Boston area. She has two solo gigs, one on August 31st at Sonia in Cambridge and on September 30th at the Paradise Rock Club in Boston. She is also playing live with her other project, Swivel, opening for the one and only Andrew W.K. at the Royale Boston on September 22nd. So here now is Carissa Johnson with her latest single, Wasting Dreams.
Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. Oh my god, Carrie. What? Did you hear what I'm doing this fall? No. I'm taking Sex Unique Podcast on tour. Wait a minute. I'm doing that too. I know. We're going on tour. We're going on fucking tour. She on the beat. She on the beat. She on the beat. She on the beat. You could hear us podcast and see us podcast live this fall. What? Los Angeles. Holy shit. Then Salt Lake City. Chicago. Philadelphia. Boston. New York. Everyone that knows me knows that I love, I love murder. It's like, no, you're just unoriginal. So does literally the entire population of the United States. Yes. That's why they all shoot each other. <laughs> Head to LarsMarie.com to purchase tickets. That's L-A-R-Z-M-A-R-I-E.com to get yours now. Are you feeling sexy and unique?
The Let's Goes with Frontier coming off of this year's EP 5x2. The Let's Goes will be playing a few more gigs over the summer with their next one on the 29th in Osaka's Namba Mile. And now, folks, it's time once again for me to vent some frustrations. It's time for a bastard soapbox. As I mentioned on the previous episode's intro, I've kind of taken a backseat in the video game coverage department. That's not to say I've stopped covering games entirely. I still write a lot about indie titles and whatnot. And I have zero intention of quitting gaming conventions. But when it comes to some of the big-named AAA third-party publishers and developers, I found myself unable to not only cover these titles, but just stomach them in general. The reason, of course, is simple. The toxicity of these companies behind the scenes. The news of Ubisoft's awful practices, sexual harassment, and gender inequality last year made me sick. But when word got out that Activision Blizzard was pulling the same shit but multiple times worse, it makes me glad I stopped supporting them years ago. Now, I had this poster of Overwatch's Tracer hanging above my head, which, to be fair, she's an awesome character, but I have not played Overwatch in nearly four years, after it was revealed that Activision and Blizzard mentally pushed autistic employees past the point of exhaustion, as they said that they, quote-unquote, don't complain as much about being overworked. So that was the point where I stopped giving my support to those assholes. And unfortunately, there wasn't as much coverage about this news. However, the news of sexual harassment, running the company like a boys' club, and the fact that the higher-ups pocketed hundreds of millions of dollars while some developers had to choose between paying rent, or eating, is just straight up disgusting. And as we speak, these developers, as well as others from other companies, are fighting to be unionized, as the billionaires at the top attempt to thwart them from doing so. Yes, there have been firings, but that's not enough. They need to compensate these workers who are abused both mentally and physically. They need to pay them better. They need to make sure these workers can afford to live. The fact that there are people in Activision, Ubisoft, EA, and many other AAA third-party companies that struggle with being able to afford daily necessities. The fact that qualified women are passed over for promotions that are given to less qualified men. The fact that transgendered employees deal with being deadnamed by their higher-ups. The fact that we're still having these conversations shows that little has changed these past couple of years within the gaming industry. And what's happening now? Well, Activision is trying to quiet critics with their next Call of Duty reveal. Ubisoft is attempting to soften the blows with some Assassin's Creed news. EA is hoping people talk more about the Dead Space remake than the corruptness of their board members. And so many game journalists are taking the bait. One minute, they're criticizing these assholes. And in the next, they're 
patting them on the back because they're making something they like. Well, I've had it. I've always tried to do what's best, not just for me, but for everyone in general. I show my voice here on No Borders No Race, but I also show my voice by what I purchase and the like. And I know I'm not perfect. I still use Amazon to buy almost everything, even with their awful treatment of employees. But when it comes to knowing something was made on the broken backs of the overworked, then I just can't support said thing. After all, the money that games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, and Assassin's Creed make never go to the people who actually make the game. It goes to the suits, the people who light cigars with $100 bills. So I'll make this clear. I have zero intention of buying a Ubisoft, Activision Blizzard, or EA title until they fix their shit. And if they can't fix it, then these companies deserve to burn. I'm a pure-blooded Bostonian, and we know how to protest. And I'll say this. If there's an opportunity to throw some video games overboard into the ocean, well, our environment's currently fucked. So let's maybe not go the Boston Tea Party route. Just don't buy their shit. It's that fucking simple. Save that money for better indie titles. And don't let the fat cats get a hold of every single dollar, euro, pound, or yen of yours. And that's my soapbox for today. Remember, these are the opinions of myself and not of the Electric Sisterhood, Nerdy Show, Wicked Anime, and any of the other places or people I'm affiliated with. And yeah, you can tell that I watch a lot of James Stephanie Sterling stuff from the things I talked about today. Please go support their Jimquisition. They are the reason why I keep my eyes open on the awfulness happening in the gaming community. And you all need to thank God for them. Up next, we have the band Pink Meets Blue, who are about to release their latest album, Tainted, on September 24th. This is a little sneak peek of it called You Still Mean Too Much to Me. Still 
culture saturated world what's a nerd to do hang out with your good pals on nerdy show that's what our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted d20 that is the modern nerd when we're not devising horrors that combine vr and spiders or taste testing weird food we're discussing the latest geek happenings digging into our deepest nerd niches or interviewing a celebrity or two head to nerdyshow.com or find us on itunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness
Zensen with London Boots. That comes from last year's I Am Sakuran Zensen album, my pick for best Japanese album of 2020。そして今皆さん、今週の日本語要約の時間です。さあ、行こうぜ。カストはすばらしく、アクションは暴露ことこっちょの完璧なブレンドです。今やソニーはクランチロをカタンのでアニメの人気構造を一層強化できますそれはファンにとってより多くのコンテンツが提供されるということを意味するだけでなく業界に仕事が増えると良いことでもありますしかしながら左前可能性もあります今のところクランチロとファナメーションが同じ参加にあることは多くの良い結果が出ると期待していますゲーム業界はロードシャを保護するための向上を図る必要がありますアクティビジンウビスラ いやいえゲームズはクロシテイルを開発者を支援するために何もしていませんその上金持ちだけに利益をもたらすような無害職場環境を作り出しました現在のひどいやり方を変えるまで私はアクタビジンウビソフ Okay, not to brag, I only screwed up once during those Japanese segments. That's an accomplishment, damn it! Anyways, my thanks again to my teacher, Mikio Hattori-sensei. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on her cultural exchange initiative, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. And for those interested in online Japanese classes, be sure to check out showaboston.org for more information on the upcoming fall 2021 semester. One of this year's best albums from Japan is Wink from the four-piece Chai. Accompanied by Rick Wilson, this is Maybe Chocolate Chips.
lyrics and it's truth In the cups of our youth I wrote this song as the sun is set And the horizon remind me of you Your moles always deem you special And if you can't see, don't settle Your opalescent smile It's like God made joy and he made you a vessel So come stroll in the park with me Talk dreams that you harvesting And complain all the time we spend Trying to dodge what they say what we ought to be I just wanna see you move from the things they project in the view See, I just wanna see you do what they said you could never undo My chocolate chip, they can't get a grip They can't define you with beauty myths The world is moving, so move with it um, Your moles I will make you whole Rather on your back than your nose If you want joyful living, find joyful feelings And always try to keep it close Cause This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. So you pushed me to leave Don't call me a coward Insatiable, forever hungry Look what you devoured There's debris scattered all about Claim to be the mighty powerhouse But can you survive the fallout? Can you survive the fallout? Ripped my clothes the other day To show you made your choice I wouldn't stay anyway Did you prove your point? 
I can go to bed whenever. That was Willa Amai with Fallout. At just 17, Willa has already made a name for herself with her work alongside Dolly Parton and acclaimed producer Linda Perry. With those kinds of credentials under her hat, Willa's got a lot of potential for greatness. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbashbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbashbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me, your King Baby Duck, on Twitter, the J-Pop, Video Games, Anime, Amino Pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Emperor of Ice Cream and Pink Turns Blue, made possible by Shameless Promotion PR. And a very special thank you to the Mystery Plant for their contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. Shout out to Mike Rogers for shooting down the Let's Go's, Sakuran Zensen, and Willa Amai. And a big thank you to Clay Inferno for sending us Carissa Johnson for this week's Bean Town Sampler. We're ending the show with a new single from Kanaboon, who you'll know for their contributions to such anime as Boruto, My Hero Academia, and Sarazan Mai. This new song of theirs is called Hope, and it's still just a shout away. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck, reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps. <laughs> Yoru o koete iku Mada
From the Electric Sisterhood and your host for the No Borders No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can. (laughs) 